0: Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the uh, program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano, and uh, we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining us now in studio is Steve Jordahl. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. Um, Folks, if you want to join us on YouTube or Facebook, we're live video streaming the show there. Go and uh, check that out. Just type in Today's Issues, and you can watch the show on YouTube or Facebook. And in the coming weeks or months, I'm not sure exactly when this is going to happen, but we are working on our own streaming service. Uh, so we'll basically have our own YouTube-type service available here on American Family Radio, and we're excited about
2: that. <clears throat> um, can I can I just laugh at something? You go right ahead, man. I, I hope maybe Steve doesn't have this, this, story, this story. But 350.org, this is a Fox News story, 350.org, a left-wing green group focus on grassroots efforts to fight climate change is being plagued by accusations of white supremacy culture within its own organization because it was founded by quote, a group of white people. Now
0: what am I going to talk
2: about? (laughs) I just think that's
0: hilarious. That's a beautiful thing right there. Yes, it is. Where where are
2: you reading this? This is a Fox news story. It's it's, uh, basically woke eating woke. Mm (laughs) Mm-hmm. repeat that again
1: because you're not making this up, this, making isn't this, up. this isn't babylon
2: b this isn't babylon b this is a fox news story and here's the headline left-wing green group that targeted keystone pipeline plagued by accusations of white supremacy culture from its own members the name of the group is uh, 350.org it's a left-wing group yeah and they're being, even though they've tried to increase diversity among its staff, yeah. it says that, uh, that it is, quote, struggled to overcome its founding by a group of white people. That's the criticism, that it was founded by what? white people. So it is fighting off white supremacy culture inside accus- their Inside their green group. This is, I- I'm just telling you, this makes my day. <laughs> this makes my day. And a Monday to top it oh,
1: off me. Oh me. Anyway, that's me. hilarious. It that is hilarious. Absolutely. Um, Hey, you wanted to mention real quick before we let Steve lead off with the news here. You wanted to mention last half hour, we were talking with Kirby Anderson about woke theology, right? And the social justice movement, critical race theory, the promotion of godlessness and Marxism. All right. these things are interrelated. And you were saying, and I, I had mentioned about the uh, the woke left. They're against private ownership of private property, basically. Uh, well, you, you, and <laughs> unless we, it's and, them and, and wealth, unless it's and them. And you had a quote from uh, Alexandria ocasio Cortez, which is a representative Democrat from New York. AOC New York City.
2: AOC. Yeah, because you asked the question of Kirby. Well, what's their end game? And you you said, and we all agreed that. They may not be able to art- articulate what they want to replace it with, but they know one thing, America's got to go. <laughs> so I was, we were talking during the break that uh, AOC has called capitalism irredeemable, which means you can't improve it to the point where it works. She said, uh, quote, capitalism is an ideology of capital, okay, The most important thing is the concentration of capital and to seek and maximize profit. To me, capitalism is irredeemable, and it obviously can't. Now, that was uh, a couple of years ago she said that, but she gets elected, will probably continue to get reelected and be the leader of the left wing of the Democratic Party, and she has said capitalism is irredeemable. So – Black Lives Matter, the organization,
1: their founders, two of their three founders, said that they were uh, trained Marxists. yes, right so th- this it. is not something they're embarrassed about. This is Marxism wants to destroy capitalism, which yeah. fits right along with what right. AOC. capitalism is what our country the financial system our country is founded on and, right. and what made us the wealthiest country in the world. And and given, uh, given uh, a given a way of life in America, or even the poorest in America are better than probably 70% of the world's population right. in terms of uh, economic economics and, and, and again, and uh, an opportunity, an opportunity. So, but they want to tear it all down.
2: Yes. So this is right out of the. we're not making this up. That's no, we're no, no,
1: exaggerating. Right. Exaggerating. All right, uh you're listening to today's issue Steve. Uh, we haven't even talked at all about the uh potential war between Russia and the Ukraine. What's the latest there?
0: Well, the US troops or troops, Russian troops continue to be massed at the Ukrainian border. They haven't moved yet, but American troops have now are in Poland and uh, some are within two miles of the Ukrainian border. They have not crossed into Ukraine as promised. So, what is happening um, is that uh, Putin, U.S. intelligence now says that uh, Vladimir Putin is considering recognizing Ukraine separatists within Ukraine. Kind of the same thing that happened with Crimea, which was part of Ukraine before. Russia annexed it. They
1: what's a what's a what's a separatist? What are you talking
0: about? A rebel, someone who does not support, someone who supports Russia within. Both they live inside. the They Ukraine. live inside the Ukraine. They're Ukrainian and they support Russia. So um, that Russia used this excuse to go into Crimea back in the day, and they our State Department says that they are considering it. Intelligence says they're considering it. The yeah, White but House,
1: Biden keeps saying that he. President Biden keeps saying, and he has been doing this for about two weeks now, that Russia is going to invade Ukraine.
0: He said he's certain.
1: Okay,
2: any day now. Yeah. What is what have you been saying? Well, two uh, weeks? That,
1: he's putting a lot on the line there. What reputation Biden still has left seems to me uh, maybe there's not a lot there. But I, what's he doing this for, Ed? By, well or, or maybe maybe he's maybe he's legitimately he in his mind legitimately warning the world that it's going to
2: happen I, I think it's a little bit of, of both and a little uh, bit of both what well I think he is trying to warn the world I think he is trying to warn Russia but I think he's also um, setting himself up to be the person who heads off war in Europe. So he has been talking about, Nancy Pelosi has been talking about, Kamala Harris has been talking about, we're not going to let Russia get away with it. You can't change borders, you know, by violence and by military strength and invading countries. So if Russia was bluffing, then Joe Biden can say, if Russia begins withdrawing its troops, he can say, I talked him out of it. I faced down Putin if russia goes ahead with the invasion then joe biden can say we warned russia we are now going to come with sanctions to punish them so he i think i think the biden administration is trying to protect itself politically has been talking about russia to avoid a lot of uh focus on his own problems here domestically
0: you may be exactly right but if you are i think biden probably overstepped by saying i am certain that russia is going to invade because now if they don't um then his certainty was was wrong no
2: he he would say i understand what you're saying What i think biden would say is they were we had the intelligence they were going to invade i stopped
0: it yeah i i um i hmm. spent the weekend with some friends uh heather and i did in, in down in jackson and um the guy the husband there is uh special forces yeah Just got back from Iraq, but he's very read up on what's going on. He doesn't think there's going to be an invasion.
1: Let me me just say this uh, about that. Biden didn't look too good after Afghanistan. His intelligence there that was provided to him by the, I guess the United States military, was terrible. They were saying that the resistance against the Taliban would at least last for a month or so, right? right? You remember this? Yes. Yeah.
2: They it, didn't expect the it, military it to collapse within a
1: few days, right? And and um, so you were going, you were wanting to know: Does the president of the United States not, not have any more, better information than to know that Taliban takes over in two or three days, let, leaving us leaving us flat-footed in terms of getting Americans out? And we see the. Disaster that happened there, military equipment. Yes, including thirteen deaths of American soldiers. Uh, so, I'm just saying he didn't. He looked terrible. Biden did after that, after Afghanistan. I'm just saying if he's predicting war here, he keeps saying it's going to happen, and maybe it will. But if it doesn't happen, then again. He will look like a fool because he'll, he keep, why, why even mention even to me, it, it it's why, if you think that Russia is going to invade Ukraine, or if you've been told they are going to do it for certain, I'm not sure of the advantageous, uh, the advantageousness or the, uh, the call for saying that out loud to the world is necessary.
0: Tim agrees with me, not you. Yeah. Uh, i don't know <laughs> the second time today
1: uh I, 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 yeah i know i i think no ed, ed's ed was explaining why he would do what he would do yeah. given the best rationale possible but i'm just saying most presidents keep things like that close to their best they don't tip their hand on whether or not they think somebody's going to do something or not unless they you know they they, because diplomacy is working behind the scenes to, in this case, avert war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, and Ukraine. Well, it won't be much of a war, quite frankly. If if things are as they are, Russia will roll in and take over.
0: That's not what uh, we heard on Afr with uh, Frank Gaffney just over the weekend.
1: But unless – well, explain to us that, but I I guess unless American forces get involved or some other NATO forces – so what did Frank say?
0: Frank said that the forces within Ukraine can muster at least equal, if not more, soldiers than are massed at the Russian border. And that uh, Russia would – they would need to bulk up by about three times if they wanted to assure uh, a victory to walk in and, and take over. That's that's just well, what, I what i heard Frank him say Daphne, yeah. you know on
1: this all right so we will see what happens uh, but you 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 said biden is biden is saying everything he thinks out loud on this because for the reasons you mentioned
2: yeah and and he's got nothing else i mean he can't we're not going to go to war to protect ukraine they're not a nato country we don't have enough forces over there even if we had a mind to so all joe biden has is the public shaming of Russia and the threats to keep them from doing it. Because if he said if he said nothing and we did nothing uh, and Russia rolls in and takes Ukraine, that's his second foreign policy disaster in his very young administration. And yeah. I, 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 who knows? I Russian
0: mean- Foreign Minister Lavrov and uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken are going to meet uh, soon. And the White House now says that Biden and Putin have agreed, to, in principle, right. to meet. So well, just throw that out there. You know,
1: Bi- yes, yes Biden, Biden may be sort of boxing himself in, but Putin's also boxing himself in mm-hmm. on this because uh, he's, gonna be, he's the one that built up all the forces and the war machine on the border of Ukraine, and if he backs down without getting whatever it is that he did that for in the first place leverage to get, I guess, Ukraine to say we won't join NATO, right? Right. Or
0: NATO say they won't allow Ukraine to join. Yeah. I don't know. Ukraine has asked to join. Huh? Ukraine, I I believe, has asked to join NATO.
1: That's going to be – that's a tightrope right there. Uh, You know, I I don't know how that one's going to – who's going to back down, who's going to blink?
0: It would be, I think, from Russia's perspective, it would be as if Russia – um, uh, was in a strong treaty with Mexico or Canada, right on our border, could park nukes right on our border and troops and everything. So that's that's the thinking that Putin is saying, or why he doesn't want. No, I understand
1: um, that. Yeah, but but, but now right. he's he's forced the issue. Mm-hmm. Putin has in his, so he's going to have to put up or shut up at some point. It seems to me. Go ahead. All right, next story, Steve.
0: All right, um, <laughs> we've been talking a little bit about the cost of masks to our kids and I wanted to bring
1: masks.
0: SKS uh, that not only is it unhealthy for school kids because even in the blue states that are now lifting mask mandates the teachers union has insisted so hard that they have to remain that most schools even in these blue states are going to keep mask mandates on for children the last Group of people that would need them because of their age and how the coronavirus affects them. But um, not only is the mask unhealthy; they're getting sores on their face and and everything, have trouble breathing. But their their development for young kids is waning. So what?
1: So just to, just to be clear, what we're talking about is because what you're about to report on is because children have been in classrooms. Subject to mask mandates, so they don't see people smiling, and the or,
0: teachers are
1: are the articulation of words and and normal facial expressions that right uh, that are part of communicating. Yes. That's what you're talking
0: about. Go ahead. Well, so the um, American Society of uh, Hearing and Speech—it's the uh, Speech Pathologist Society, American Speech Language Hearing Association. Thank you. Um, they have guidelines out about how uh, a uh, child should progress with regard to language, and if they don't meet these standards, they are considered language impaired, they, and uh, they need to take immediate action. Two years old is the, the the where the train really gets going. They learn more at age two, around age two, than they will. I mean, that's a huge marker formative it's very very formative and so the um american speech language hearing association guidelines say that at one and a half to two years old uh that a child has a disorder if they're not putting two words together and if they say fewer than 50 words if they know fewer than 50 words at two years old they have a speech disorder you need to act now well now the CDC is coming out, and they were applying those mandates or those guidelines up until now, but they have come out with new guidelines. Their new guidelines say that um, a child by two years old should say sentences with two to four words. To put, they can string two words together, and they um, if they know 50 words, they're good to go. Fifty words a month ago was deficient now it's good to go um so (laughs) it yeah so it's a pivotal year in development for kids and they are uh they're changing the, the goalposts so they're moving the goalposts goalposts because
2: the fact is that children at that age have to look all of us who've seen a baby yeah and have talked to a baby in our lab Notice how that baby stays glued to your face yep. and tries to mouth in mimicry yep. of what they're seeing an adult do. And what we're seeing here is because adults were wearing masks, these small children were not able to develop
0: verbally as quickly as the CDC used to say they should. Well, this, yes, and and so the question is, why is the CDC changing its guidelines? Well, some people are saying the teachers' union, um, which has huge influence, has had huge influence in this discussion. Don't want to be blamed for this, and right. they would be blamed for this if uh, if all else being equal.
2: Well that's just that's that's sad and we all know that these mandates and the lockdowns and the you know the masks and everything the remote learning has taken its toll psychologically uh, biologically, physically now academically we're talking, academically all this has been uh, and and science a lot of scientists are saying no we should not, never have locked down because of a lot of these things we're talking about when it comes to children all the way through teenage years. Kids are
1: lonely, and the children and and teenagers were the least vulnerable. Yes, right. all throughout the pandemic. Yep, the least vulnerable,
2: and remain so. Yeah, to the to to COVID,
1: to COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next story, Steve.
0: All right. Um, our press here is. Um, you guys talked. I think about CRT with uh, we with did Kirby Kirby. Well, um, <laughs> the Washington Post is all on board, so they are writing about the uh, Ottawa trucker convoy. And I have a news story that was published uh, the 11th. What was that? That's been 10 days ago. And it just came to my attention. This is what they say in the next-to-last paragraph of this news story about the trucker. They say, the primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy argue that pandemic mandates infringe upon their constitutional right to freedom. Quote, the notion of freedom was historically and remains intertwined with whiteness, as historian Tyler Stovall has argued. The belief that one's entitlement to freedom—that one's entitlement to freedom—is a key component of white supremacy. The belief that one is entitled to freedom is a key component of white supremacy.
1: This is the Washington Post the editorial.
0: Washington Post. No, the news story. The
1: Nothing news on here story? says
0: edit- editorial. Well, well, that re- the that's, reason
1: that's the reason that's significant is the Washington Post is one of the most read newspapers in the country. Go ahead, Ed.
2: Yeah, that's um, okay. I'm just going to use a word here that my grandkids always remind me we don't say, and that is stupid. Okay, <laughs> my grandkids are no, Papa. We don't say that word. We don't call things or people stupid. Okay, but that's stupid. <laughs> well, what's the alternative in terms of wanting to be free? If that is a if that is locked into white supremacy, and it's a word that comes out of white privilege, then what's the alternative? Well, what, what the, is it they're the calling The very for? next
0: sentence after I stop reading is: "This explains why the freedom convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom, no matter the public health consequences to those around them." So the That's alternative is that right. we have to do this for our fellow man. Our
2: so freedom is not as important as the common good. Freedom, freedom. Heard that somewhere before.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The Communist Manifesto, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah.
2: So, uh, folks, uh, time for collectivism. And we got to join with the collective. And, um, you know, join the Borg if you're a Star Trek fan. Yep. Uh, Join the collective because that's most important. Forget about your individual freedoms. Yep.
0: Yeah. um okay just really quickly two two quick things as we end um bill gates was at a uh a symposium he was talking about mask mandates and was asked what's what, what do you think about mask mandates he says i think there are a lot of people in america who are confused about whether they should be wearing masks well it's interesting you know because the downs what's the downside of wearing masks i mean it's got to be tough you know you have to wear pants why not wear masks
1: well, we just talked about the downside uh, of it, yes. uh, which is a, a, which the even academics, pathologists, is that what you, you said?
0: Speech Speech pathologists, yes, yeah, are
1: saying, and, and everybody knows it's not healthy to have children masked up for months and years on end. But, I mean, that's but, just self-evident.
2: Who, who said that? Who Bill said, Gates. Bill Gates. Oh, Bill Gates. <laughs> you have to wear pants. So why? Why,
1: why is he an expert on everything? Yeah, he Because he's it?
2: rich. He's huh? a rich white guy. Who's yeah. trying to tell? Who's trying to tell? I'm half Italian and half Greek, and I'm tired of that rich white guy telling me how I should live.
0: Okay, one more thing, real quick. Zach Brown is an 18 year old kid in Chicago. goes to Loyola Marymount or Loyola University in Chicago. He was caught robbing a train. He's been charged with armed robbery. He was caught by his mom. His mom recognized him on the video and drug him down to the police station and turned him in. That's mom of the year, right there. There you go.
1: Let me tell you what. Uh, what he what he threatened. He threatened the. Uh, the, uh, train, the conductor, train conductor, who robbed him at gunpoint.
0: Well, and he said, now the prosecutor says it was a BB gun and he was hungry. You got to remember, Judge, what well, it felt his, like to be guess hungry. I guess his
1: mother didn't agree with him and no. turned, him, turned him in to probably police. Probably wasn't hungry
0: if he's got a mom who would do that. She'd probably feed him, yeah. I would think.
1: <laughs> uh- All right, thank you for joining us today on the program Today's Issues, everybody. And uh, we hope you have a, a great Monday afternoon. Keep listening to AFR, and we shall see you back here tomorrow.